Real News. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is December 27th, 2019. It's Friday, um, and we have so much to talk about. So today I was uh, supposed to be somewhere. <laughs> I was supposed to be at some local law firm where I'm at um, because served uh, in regards to the case of Seth Rich. Now, I told them that it wasn't a good time for me, which it isn't, uh, and that there were extraordinary circumstances that would not allow me. But I want to read to you from this um, subpoena to produce documents, information, and objects, or to permit inspection of premises in a civil action. These guys are such clowns. So, first of all, they're three years late. Three years late. And I don't keep on to any devices that may have things. But, by the way, I did have a computer, a Mac, that I had to get rid of. Actually, I sent it off for repair, and then it was just done three times, um, where I actually downloaded all the information, because, you know, they stalk my radio show, and they were sending me some of my tweets. Well, you talked about this, and I'm like, yeah, I did. So here's here's where I tell you everything I know. Uh, well, no, not everything, because at the end of the day, um, a lot of that stuff is currently with a grand jury. So they responded to me saying, well, you need to put in writing what you have and what you do and whatever. Um, send us what you have, all the communications and with, and I quote, um, Edward Batowski, Matt Couch, America First Media, Rod Wheeler, Samer Hurst, Sean Hannity, Cassandra Fanbanks, Jim Hoff, Bill Blimey, and any other individual or entity named in the complaint or any agents or representatives of the foregoing. So here's the thing. Two things. First, if they knew who I was, they'd know that I never send sensitive information via email. That, that stuff goes out on an SD card in the mail. And they would also know how to spell my name because they didn't even spell it correctly. So obviously, they suck at what they're doing. Uh, so they sent me this and they wanted me to go. Uh, but I got an email yesterday in the evening. And I'm going to read it to you word for word. We're in receipt of your December 12th response to our client's December 4th subpoena in Rich versus Batowski et al. Civil action, blah, blah, blah. We write to you today because discovery has been revealed that responsive documents are in your possession contrary to your statement that no such documents exist. So, you know, they think I have something. So, document request number one. All documents and communications relating to Seth Rich, Aaron Rich, blah, 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 everybody, all those names. Document two. All documents and communications referring to your knowledge about communications between Aaron Rich and Kelsey Molka relating to Seth Rich. Okay, so I don't know anything about Aaron Rich. Let's get that straight. So I don't know where they're coming up with that stuff, but I do know because I heard and I told them that audio between Seth Rich and Kelsey Mocha. So, you know, I had that. So just so Wilkie Farr knows, and I even sent that to them in an email, and I'll read you my response. I'll, 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 let me just continue with theirs. So they're like, yeah, we want this. Um, they said, 
uh, your response stated that you have nothing to offer that is tangible for each of these requests. We believe this is incorrect, largely because documents we have received from other witnesses indicate that you have documents and communications. Yeah, I used to. Keyword, used to. Um, additionally, that was like 2017. December 2017, it was gone. So, you're coming at me at 2019, sorry, I don't have it. Like, there's no trace of it, period. And the only reason I had tangible was because I sent that off to a acting attorney um, General Whitaker later, right? Later, right? I had SD cards, uh, two of them that I created, and they went straight to Sessions and Whitaker. So, you know, they went in, a, in an envelope, no return address, addressed to them, that's it. So they said, we reiterate that, moreover, the subpoena does not request email, Wicker, Zoom, WhatsApp, Facebook, or any other social. Come on, man. Who's dumb enough to use Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and stuff like that to, to send off messages? People are really dumb. Seriously. Seriously. They want recorded videos, text, voicemails, but I do have a text. I have one text interaction. And that's because every Black Friday, and I think I, I say that to all my friends, I get a new device. So I don't keep my text messages at all. The only text message I will ever keep is one that's sentimental, like a cute photo, a last message from someone that's passed. Other than that, everything gets deleted. I really don't care. And besides, nobody uses stuff like that. People use like adult Snapchat, and there's tons of those apps. Uh, so... It, there's something called dust. So as you read it, that thing just disintegrates. So they want, you know, uh, information. They want, I don't have anything. So it's like, uh, you could do whatever you want, but I don't have it. Mm, sorry. So they want all this stuff. List of names listed on the subpoena, relevant communications, whatever. So I was like, dude, you want a screenshot of the last text that I had with Matt Couch? And I sent him a DM, and I've only sent him one DM, literally. Uh, so, hey, whatever. If, if, if you fancy that, I can send it to you because it's rubbish. But here's what my response was, word for word. Because, see, this is what happens uh, with very corrupt people and corrupt organizations. They use civil litigation in order to mitigate, either for other clients or themselves. Um, what do I mean by that? So, for example, I'm just going to tell you, whatever they're doing to all these journalists in regards to the Seth Rich murder case, and that's the title I put on it, um, they, um, they are doing it to mitigate for their other clients. So here's my email to some guy named Peter Bogard from Wilkie Farr. If you want me to come and tell you in person I have nothing tangible in my possession, I can I'll sign an affidavit too. I do not have possession of any devices that I access, any video call, IRC, Onion, or Secret Circle devices. I have nothing. Besides, you're three years late and also Black Friday late. My computer fried in 2007 and was tossed. Thus, audio recording traces with the deceased are no longer in my possession. On December 2nd, 2019, I actually disposed of my latest device, a tablet, as it was destroyed during Thanksgiving by my child when she was playing video games. That's on Black Friday, uh, you know, through the Black Friday deals. It wasn't like on Black Friday, right? It, well, actually, no, it was the Friday. It wasn't the Thursday. I purchased a new Galaxy Tab. 
And I said, now, if you want me to tell you what I know, I'm more than happy to do so. I will try my best to remember. I'll just repeat, I have nothing to give you physically, but I can offer you what I can recall accurately. In addition, I got a new phone after Black Friday, so I don't have my old phone to have any text messages. I buy a new device every Black Friday, which I activated on the 29th of 2019. I have only one text to the name parties, the Mac Couch one, which is the one that I sent out. I just got served. I don't even own the fucking... Oops, the computer. I said it. I was reading it. I apologize. I accessed back then. Laughing face, a laughing face with a screenshot of the document you served upon me. December 13th, Matt responds, I just saw this. That's it. And I said, I have one Twitter DM where I correspond with Matt, sending him the this just happened tweet. I'll send that to you too because he didn't respond to it. So that's all I have. I can send you if you'd like. I'll screenshot it and send it to you. Let me know how you would like me to offer you the DM and text exchange. All other communications, messages, if existed, with any other reporters and people you listed and such, are inaccessible and cannot be retrieved. I do not send emails with sensitive information ever, but you should know that. If you knew who I was, you would know that all my work, I keep no tangible records, and you would also know that the name on your documents you serve me isn't correct. You should fire your intern. I would be more than happy to offer you what I have from memory. Your law firm should focus on where and who received the actual files uh, from Seth Rich rather than hunt down reporters for closure. Having said, said that, nothing dies on the Internet. So if this is some attempt to mitigate evidence for the grand jury deliberations for interested parties not in your case files, I'm morally obliged to tell you that the RIC Onion Group that had access to the late Seth Rich's communications were less than a dozen. And so far, you've only asked one, me. WikiLeaks was not part of the huddle. Who are the rest? I don't know. We're all anonymous, anonymous in huddles. The huddle doesn't exist as of July 2017, and everyone is anonymous. Usernames are generated numbers and letters. I'm pretty sure that the evidence or documents you seek are attached to the Awan case. In 2017, I made sure to send all that information, attention uh, to AAG Whitaker. At that time, he was like, um, actually, no, it was the deputy AG. I think it was Rod Rosenstein. But I found out that it went to the AAG Whitaker because, you know, they check stuff and they send it through cyber. And AG Sessions mailed off with no return address and SD cards. On that note, I'm not a lawyer, but using civil litigation to gain insight to assist clients that are under criminal investigation is kind of illegal if that was proven to be motivation, right? Let me know how you'd like me to drop off my affidavit to your partnering office in this state. That was my email response to them. Now, I don't know what you guys know about Seth Rich, but the bottom line is this guy was the one that mirrored the DNC server, period. Now, if anyone out there tells you that it was just a coincidence because he lived in a bad neighborhood, just tells you that he accidentally was shot, you know, but nothing was stolen from him, we all know how that goes. Now, no matter how much Wilkie Farr, who, by the way, employs all of the previous, you know, councils under the administrations that are corrupt, right? <laughs> no matter how much they try, they cannot stop what's coming. And they have buried people in litigation, which will be great because when this Awan, when the grand juries are out with the Awan cases, when that all happens 
everybody, and now including me, <laughs> since he subpoenaed me and bothered me, will get a nice big fat payout for them trying to pursue a bogus civil litigation case because you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to gather and see what everybody had so that way they can mitigate for their clients. And then you have to think, who's their client, Skippy, right? Who's their client, right? Who's their client? And that's what you have to think about. This is how they operate, you know? And if they actually did their homework, they would know that I, I'm not stupid. And when I access certain devices or certain, uh, like, those are rotating. I know... It's annoying, but I change phones, change computers all the time. Uh, well, obviously, I loved my Mac. I had that forever. Uh, so I was really gutted when it went because, believe it or not, it was like an ancient Mac. It was the first like type of iMac thing, and I got it in um, December of 2008, and it died <laughs> in December of 2017. So I was very devastated because I love that. Actually, I still um, have the Mac because I had sent it out for repair, but they replaced my hard drive. They replaced all these things, but I was really upset because now it's like super slow and it's not that good, whatever. And my kid just uses it to play like Roblox or Pinky, but it was my favorite. Um, it was my favorite device. I loved it. Um, so, but other than that, I change computers all the time. And, you know, that's, that's something because technology you know, you have to update, like I'll sell my stuff, I'll like wipe it clean um, and then sell it off, you know, to private people. Hey, you want a computer here? Because then that money I put forward to another one. Uh, so that's something that people should get into. If you're uh, new to journalism or new to investigating things, you know, that's the best way. Uh, for me, the Mac was more of a sentimental thing. That's why I didn't let it go. Um, and I was really upset having to send it off and dealing with customer service that didn't speak English. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not very nice about that, you know, when they don't speak English. But, you know, Seth's rich. It's a really interesting case. Because for some reason, Aaron Rich is suing, you know, supposedly suing all these journalists. And you're thinking, these are journalists. Why is he suing them? Oh, heartache and pain? Shut up. Your brother was murdered, and these people are investigating it. Why are you suing them? It makes absolutely no sense. Like, if it was my sibling that was murdered, boy, I would be like, please investigate it. Please talk about it. Please move forward with it. I wouldn't be suing people to shut them up. Mm. So then you have to think. Who would be doing that and why? And you, eh, insurance, eh, you know. I mean, they did have a lot of money. They have placed most of their people in money places, so it would make sense. And so, there it is. I mean, that's my opinion on it, because I have siblings. Well, one is deceased, but, you know, I have a live sibling. If anything happened... I would want everybody in the world talking to find out what happened. Uh, you know, I wouldn't buy the story. Oh, you know, bad neighborhood was shot, you know, kind of like this while they were on the phone talking, right? After a party, right? And they didn't steal anything. They just shot them, right? With the same caliber gun that's usually issued. Come on. Let's be realistic. These people are such clowns and, you know, so dumb. They make it sound like, oh, dear. You know, they were like, oh, you, you copied your attorney. You know, you want us to talk with him? No, he doesn't need to be in this. There's nothing to do here. 
I have nothing. What are you going to do? Say, oh, I don't care. Give it to me. No, I don't have anything. I've been saying that. And I'm not stupid to have anything. But I digress, right? That's the thing. It's like, you know, you people should get in the habit of deleting your emails every three months. You can set it on auto. Things that you want to save, print PDF them, hide them somewhere on the internet so you never touch them, and you're the only one in your mind that knows the access and password. Um, and that's how you should do it. I mean, you don't need to have anything in your possession. For those of you that are out there digging stuff and doing, just do that. Protect yourself. Delete things every now and then. Purge your phone. It makes you feel so much better. It's kind of like hoarders when they get rid of stuff, right? Just because if it's important, you're going to remember it. And that's the key thing here. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting 2020 because this Awan stuff is going to be coming to the surface. And the fact that they came to me after three years, come on, man. You came to me because I blew the whistle on the election stuff. Let's be honest. Because, see, everyone keeps thinking that it was about emails right? Everybody keeps thinking it was about emails. It's totally not. It's more nefarious than that. There were programs for rigging elections, both, you know, esoteric for the DNC, and that's what really annoyed Seth, and statewide, citywide, na national, oh, and then all these other communications that we shouldn't know about, and programs, and, and guides, and directions. Those are the things you're not supposed to know about. You know, those PDFs, those guides, those spreadsheets. And you know what? As Wookie Far is listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you, well, your Chicago office, from what I know, is representing one of the people that is might, right, might, can't confirm or deny, be under criminal investigation, undergoing a grand jury, thanks to Awan. So these are the things that you know, make you go, hmm, why are they so dead? Why did they come to Tory now? And that's what's funny, okay? Uh, Matt Couch already knew about the audio because I, he was the only one on the internet talking about it with me back in 2016. The only one. The only one. No one was talking about it in 2016. It just happened and people are like, whatever, who cares? So, he knew everything I knew were what I can give him um, then. So if they knew, right, why now? Oh, because, yeah, she doesn't, yeah, whatever. But then it's like, wait, she knows what's on there. She knows that it's election software. She knows that it's data, so maybe it's not nothing. That's why they came now. That's why they came now. But they're three years and Black Friday late because they – could have had um, a couple texts, maybe. Uh, well, in 2018? Yeah, maybe. But that's it. I mean, this is incredible. This is where you see you are right over the target. Because they were like, nope, we can't do it. But see, the thing is, they can't even spell my name right. And they should have known better what kind of investigative journalist I am. And how I keep my information. And how I keep my sources so tight so tight is watertight. Nothing goes through. Nothing. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. So what are they panicking about? Ah, election frog. Ah, everything. So here it is. 
they, you know, I, I, if I go down there to give my affidavit, you know I'm going to be posting that stuff, like, all over the Internet, all over. And you know what's funny? They send me this, and I'm like, dude, do you know that I've had been buried in litigation for like two years from like the head lawyer of the state with rubbish this does not intimidate me you can go to someone else but whatever if i have something i'd give it to you but you know the question here for all of us to entertain is well there's two why now and why the litigation think about it isn't it illegal if a law firm starts suing people in civil court, in civil court, for stuff because they're saying stuff that none of the parties can substantiate. So Wilkie Farr can't say, oh, it, it had nothing to do with the fact that, you know, Seth Rich allegedly copied the DNC server and then the other side's like, yeah, it totally had the fact because he's murdered because he was robbed but nobody stole anything. So it's like, none of you can prove what you say, and you're just trying to get a gag order so journalists don't talk about it. Why? Think about it. Why? It's not a gag order. It's not, oh, we feel bad, so we need to sue them for money because they were talking. It's not. It's to get information. So they will go through a civil route to garner and collect information for the clients that they may be representing that are currently under criminal investigation under seal. This is what they're doing. And people need to wake up because they never bothered me because they're like, ah, you know, throw away, throw away. I'm the only one the government can't throw away. Not the only one. I'm just saying. So that's the way it is. See, Matt Couch, Ed Butowski, Cassandra, everybody, drowned in litigation, getting more, oh my God, and panicking. Don't panic. They're breaking the law. You've got a massive payday coming after the Awan case has popped open. Massive payday. Because their lawyers are corresponding with the lawyers that are representing, and could be part of the same firm too, of those that are under seal right now, waiting for the indictments to pop. That's what's happening. And the thing is, they didn't care about Tory until Tory said, well, you know what? Yeah, so election stuff was on the DNC server. Remember, he copied the whole DNC server. People constantly try to mix up emails and DNC server. They're two separate things, right, guys? Emails, hacked. DNC server, USB key, imaged. Period. That's the way it went. And so, you know... The fact that they're start, they're wasting money. I want to know who's paying them. Are the riches really paying them to do this? The riches are paying them? So dumb. So, so dumb if they are. Because they're not. We all know who's paying them. Come on. Get the information. We need to know what these reporters know. Because then we can find ways to excuse what they know when our client's indicted. Or when our buddies, and if you know Debbie Washerman Schultz is probably sweating right now, and a lot of other people at the DNC, and they should be sweating. Because smart people, look, if I had created two SD cards and sent them off to the DOJ, right, you know, I'm sure that the other people that were in that huddle did the same thing. Could have been that maybe some of them actually work at the DOJ. You don't know that. Maybe they work you know, for an agency, and they're in that huddle too. You don't know that. 
I sent it off because I was like, and I've already said that, whenever I find any indication of a crime, I'll send it off completely. And since the huddle, there was no like, you know, ping group uh, link after July of 2017. It was our last huddle. I sat on it and then I sent it off later. And I created those, kept them, kept them in a lockbox. And then I was like, all right, time to send that out. Boom. Time to make things go boom. And that's what happened. You know, when you see things, you got to start talking about it. When you see stuff, you got to start saying, wait, 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 don't, don't rush. We have this to look at. So don't close that case. Look over here, right? Just in case, because we have so many swamp creatures everywhere, 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 everywhere. That's the thing. You know, no one, no, no one seems to get it. It was never the emails. We need to remember that when we're talking amongst ourselves and they're like, oh, they hacked Hillary's emails. Yeah, they did. But they didn't hack the DNC because that imaging of the server that Mueller already knows was imaged. He suddenly said Russians hacked it. That's a lie. CrowdStrike. That's a lie. All of it is coming out. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, do I remember that maybe Wilkie Farr is representing? Oops. CrowdStrike, I'll see you in a bit. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I really did need that break. Um, only because I am, this morning I was composing my response and it was like super long and super like, you know, extra. So I just left it to what I did, but I wanted them to know that if in any case, in any case, it is discovered that this case against Matt Couch, Jim Hoff, you know, from the Gateway, Cassandra, Sean Hannity, all of those people named in here turns out to be that they are reiterating information and there's no ironclad Chinese wall and hey, you know, when it comes to a criminal investigation, you don't get asked for stuff, they take it. And you are feeding back information that you're getting from these people, mm, that's where you're going to have a problem. Because that means the law firm is doing something. I mean, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but that would be totally illegal. That you're drowning someone in litigation to destroy them so that you can get information to help other clients or clients or entities with criminal litigation. Uh, criminal, not litigation, <laughs> crimes. They're going to be going to jail. Murder is a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So this is the thing. It was never about Hillary's emails. Hillary's emails were done by other hacking groups. Could have been Russian, Serbian, you name it. I mean, she was so dumb. She had a server in the toilet. Let's just get that straight. She really didn't care. It had nothing. It was the DNC server. Just picture this. Imagine some person turns up to like, I don't know, Twitter headquarters and sticks a, you know, a very big capacity USB thumb drive and copies the whole server of Twitter, right? 
What will it have in there? Obviously, it'll have everybody's usernames, passwords. You know, it'll have DMs, but it'll also have proprietary information and communications and deals and memorandums of understandings and memorandums of opinions and memorandums and memorandums and memorandums and communications and deals that you don't know about. Money transaction, programming software you don't know, like algorithms, special ones for elections, you know, and stuff like that. It has a lot. So just imagine server, server, which means everything, and emails, okay? Let's not compete in the mainstream media, even the right-wing media, are really, really naughty because it's like they don't want you to understand the difference. And again, why did they come to me now, three years later? I think I was pretty vocal. I heard the audio the day Seth Rich died. I repeat, I heard it. So, tell me again why you come to me now, three years later, when I definitely don't have it. Why? Oh, it's because of the election fraud. It's because... I told the world what you didn't want them to know. Everyone's going down regardless. They're going down. Remember, it's a server. Programming software, coding, algorithms, all in there. That is what Seth Rich had. That is what he gave. And he didn't think about it. We have Julian Assange right now in a prison getting his brain melted. And I know what that feels like. I just had that happen to myself. And I'm still trying to remember things like I'm not remembering even dates and things like that. Because when you're under stress, when something happens so hard to you, you know, that it just rocks your world, uh, you know, you tend to be confused. That's that's a normal response. And it's actually very hard for me to fathom that, that, that that's happening to me, to be honest with you. But think about Julian Assange, 24-7 under stress. They're totally melting his brain. I mean, look at Manning. Walked in a man, walked out a woman. That's what brain meddling is. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, to, you know, if, if things like that happen to people with the constant attacks. So again, hmm, again, he's in there and his brain is melting. But there wasn't just me. And I told them that on the email. There were less, to be honest, less than a dozen, but I would think if I could guesstimate, it would be seven to nine random users. So nothing dies on the internet. And if I sent it off later, because I created those SD cards, and I don't know what had possessed me to create them so that I can send them off at some point. Um, And you know, I know I sent one off uh, Christmas. Uh, 2017 to Sessions, and then I sent it off to his chief of Maybe that was the following summer, just to follow up because I didn't see anything come up in the news. So that was the only copy I had, and there was no way I was gonna. Oh, actually, there was. Yeah, I thought of doing it, but I was like, no. I thought of replicating the SD card, and I didn't want to put it on my computer, of course. And then I went to my local UPS store, I kid you not, right, to replicate the last one, but there was so much data that that computer could not actually even open the SD card, like to copy, right? So I was like, yeah, forget it. This is the last one. I'm just going to send it off. Hopefully some clown from Mueller's team or anybody else doesn't get their hands on it because uh, they'll destroy it, right? That's the problem. But on the other hand, you need to make sure that there's no traceable. I mean, they'll see where it's coming from. And it's not like there's a lot of people like me where I'm at currently. But regardless, I sent it off. So I know for a fact 
from my sources that a lot of the stuff they're looking for is already in the Awan case. So, you know, Awan, the IT guy, remember, DNC server, server, think of a server, what is in a server, everything. Think of any server. You think it's just emails that a server holds on to? Come on, guys. It's got software programs. It's got firewalls. It's got passwords. It's got documents. It's got PDFs. It's got spreadsheets. It's got links to banking stuff. It's got links to how do you deploy stuff, deploying, how to meddle with elections, deploying algorithms. Come on. DCCC, DNC, all of that stuff right there. That's why they came to Tory. So I was like, yo, this is what is on there. It's algorithms. They piloted it. There's programs. That's what it is. But, you know, they're three years and Black Friday late because they could have, you know, and I would have given it to them because I know that you're not going to be able to, but you, they could have taken the tablet used to access the video upon video upon video, like tablet slash computer, right? Those galaxy things. But, you know, that was destroyed um, Thanksgiving. So I had to get another one. And it's a good deal, you know, Black Friday to get it. Um, so I replaced it. So it's like, mm, wow, look at the way God works. It just, he makes sure that we're protected in any case. So odd. But again, DNC server is what they have. And look, and remember, that's key. That's what they want to know. What do these people know? Do they just know that he might have been murdered? Did they just look at one section? What did these journalists know? What did they get? What did they get emailed? What kind of text messages did they send? Give us information because people are really going to go to jail and we need to know what they know so that we know what we need to say and how we can excuse why this happened. You know, uh, why was this software on the DNC server to be deployed to meddle with elections. Um, yeah, so that, I don't know. I think that guy did it. So they'll pick some throwaway and say, oh, he did it. Uh, you know, and they'll figure it out. They mitigate. They always find a way out. But I don't think there's a way out now. I'm just saying, for all those that are part of this, you know, document here that I have in front of me, which they were so nice. They put this rule of civil procedure. You know, they try to intimidate you. <laughs> and it's like, I hate legalese. They put all this stuff in you know, for someone that's never had litigation, guys, the first litigation I had was like literally a stack. Like when I was served, that thing, I couldn't even hold it in my hands. So these, um, what is it, like 10 pages? It's like, um, yeah, sure, whatever. The enclosed production of documents. Oh, they even put a nice document that I can fill out and send it and say, yeah, the, here, certification that response is correct and complete. Man, I'm going to go and do an affidavit and say, I'm going to reiterate again. I don't have any of the devices. I can tell you what I can remember correctly. And I can tell them if you have, if you're representing any clients or if you're in communications with any other people that are currently under criminal investigation, you could get in trouble, Wilkie Farr, if you're digging and digging just to give them stuff. Because for me, it doesn't make sense in my mind why Aaron Rich would be suing journalists. Again, wouldn't you, if it was your sibling, want every single journalist to be investigating it? Because it's like, oh, they just died. It was a robbery gone bad, but still had the expensive watch, but still had money, but then went to the hospital, was alive, then was dead. So much is going on, and you're just like, what is happening? Why the secrecy? 
think about it. If it was if it was someone else that got murdered, right? Totally. Think about it. They get murdered and all this happens, it would be transparent. Why are they hiding it then? If it's no big deal, why are you hiding it? If it's such a clean-cut, botched robbery, even though they didn't steal anything, why are you hiding it? Why aren't you be tra- being transparent? Why is everything on lockdown? Again, tell me. Why? Because it hurts people? Because it causes them harm? Well, I could tell you, in a very personal case, nothing was concealed, nothing was redacted, nothing whatsoever, and it caused severe harm to the victim's family and the victim themselves, but it's not on lockdown. So why is the case of Seth Rich on lockdown? Does it have to do with the fact that he was at a party at one of the houses? Because Juan, just so you guys know, didn't just do IT. He managed all the properties, properties for the DNC. Shall I start flapping? Because Wookie Far, you should start moving your tush on the chair because you have no idea. Like the people that you have targeted are people that are, you know, very polished or very um, uh, um, new to this environment. But if your intern, fire them. First of all, name is spelled wrong on the document. Second, you should know better. Because nobody that's serious about this type of stuff keeps any evidence on them, keeps any link to documentation, or do they use any electronic device that can have any tracers? This is why they use what? Internet cafes, FedEx offices, travel, airports. This is how people access things when they really want to deliver information. But you already knew that. You just thought the day that my world collapsed, you would serve me this and I'd panic. Take a walk. That's exactly how it is. Nothing is a coincidence. Take a walk. That's all I have to say. Because the day, guys, for those of you that know me quite well, on the day I was served, my life was turned upside down. And in the middle of this, you know, attack on, you know, my family, like, collapsing, I get served. This clown turns up to an address I don't even have registered, so obviously they knew well enough where to find me. Uh, So obviously they must have used illegal methods, like maybe insurance or something like that, to find where I would be, and probably not me, someone else, you know, that is with me. And so this is how they got this information and found me and gave it to me. Wrong address, right? They came to another address to find me. And wrong name. So this is the situation. It means that people are going to jail really quick because they're desperate now. It means that they know that the, that the grand jury deliberations that are happening are real now. They know that if I talked about the fact that their software, algorithms, and other things, we're not talking emails, right? The DNC server had a lot of stuff. Think about it. Why didn't they hand it over to the FBI? Because it would be riddled with crimes. That's why the FBI did not take the server to protect them, to protect Barack Hussein Obama, to protect Hillary Clinton, to protect the swamp, to protect Pelosi. Pelosi, remember, Imran Awan dealt with your devices too. Let's just get that straight. See, this is a two-way street. You give us technology so you can monitor and file us and put us in little boxes and line us up so you know exactly where we are when you want to send your execution squad, but it works both ways. 
And this is why they came at me now. And they made sure to have as much impact as they could. And they came barking up the wrong tree. You know? Because we're smarter than that. People that do this for a while are way smarter than that. And, you know, I know you're listening. I mean, you sent me copies of my tweets that pretty much say nothing. Oh, look, this just happened. Oh, Seth Rich was about algorithms, not just emails. No, duh, you know that. So you think I have it in my possession? Come on, man. What am I, an amateur? You should know better. But you already knew that, didn't you, Wilkie Farr? You already knew that. You already knew that. Because if I have eyes and ears down in the foggy bottom and, and down in the chillum, you better believe that I've got eyes in Chicago too. And that's the way it goes. Because people who have good sources, right, our stellar sources can see everything. I mean, who knows? You know, I could have special glasses where I could just see everything too, right? Let me take it on that level. But this is, this is awesome. Uh, Matt Couch is going to have a party. Ed Bukowski, party. Let me see who else is on this list. Let's pull this up again. Let me get this document. Let's see who else is going to be rich in 2020. Rich. Who's going to be rich in 2020? My God, who uses Quora? I just saw that. Discus. Give us those messages. Who uses that stuff? WordPress. Like, I'm going to give you access to my ToriSays.com stuff. Please go away. Um, let's see. Doesn't have anything on Seth Rich anyway on there. Um, let's see, let's see. Where are the names? Mm, oh, it's in the email. It's not in the subpoena, is it? Proof of service, which is not signed, of course. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. We're taking a look right here. Speci oh, specific definition. So they define who Aaron Rich is. Aaron Rich. <laughs> this is how they fill paper up to make it look busy. Aaron Rich, Aaron Nathan Rich, the plaintiff of the above-caption litigation. Joel Rich refers to the father of the plaintiff in the above-caption litigation. Mary Rich refers to the mother of the plaintiff in the above-caption litigation. Seth Rich refers to Seth Conrad Rich, the brother of the plaintiff in the caption litigation. You, your, yours refers to, again, my name spelled wrong, includes your agents, representatives, or other persons in organizations or others acting or purporting to act on your behalf in your control, America First Media, AFM, by Matt Couch, AE, example, AmericaFirstMedia.com. Kelsey Mulka refers to the girlfriend. Actually, she was his ex-girlfriend. Let's just get that right. She was banging his friend. Um, you know, come on, man. These people are so dumb. Let's find those names again. Let me read them out. I'm going to tell you who's going to become rich. I mean, Sean Hannity doesn't really need it. Right? He's got enough money. But, um, you know, other people could. I mean, why not? Matt's life has been ruined. He deserves a breather. So let's see. We got, I don't know, uh, who's Rod Wheeler? I don't know. Seymour Hirsch. Don't know them. So let's see. Head Butowski, Matt Couch, AFM, Rod Wheeler, Seymour Hirsch, Sean Hannity, Cassandra Fair Fairbanks, Jim Hoff, Bill Biney, and or any other individual entity named in the complaint. See, the complaint doesn't have any names. <laughs> Man, they should fire their intern. Do you see what this is? This is rubbish. This is like, let me scare them and they'll just give me stuff. Man, I feel sorry. You know, if I had, you know, the, the bandwidth, I would have, you know, just totally hugged Matt Couch and said, 
<laughs> tell them to go away. You don't need a lawyer. Just let them go and try to force a judge to say that you have the stuff. You know, let them prove that you have stuff they want because that's what you do in court. It's like me coming out. Let's let's picture this, okay? So dumb. So, like, you know, it's like me saying, um, you know, that, that clown chick that wrote that article about me once, which I'm very grateful that didn't, you know, oh, yeah, you this, that, you just committed a crime, you, you know, you incriminated your spouse or whatever, and it's like girl, man, I could have sued her for it, but then I'd have to prove, then she'd have to, I'd have to prove that I know that she has something that says that. You know what I'm saying? So this is what Matt Couch should have done because uh, they wanted to know. And it's like, how do you prove, uh, you know, an investigation because you see something that's not wrong? You can't. I'm just saying. Bulky Far has lost the game. And they're going to get caught for mitigating for others because I guarantee you, their emails are being monitored because remember we have the department the former department of energy chick lead counsel there she worked on uranium one she's also involved in the mid-year exam because for some reason she moved to treasury overseeing the transactions of uranium one and peter strock literally was sending her information on his mid-year exam you know the emails about hillary and you have to wonder why is someone who's a counsel legal counsel at the Department of Treasury getting communications and information for Peter Strzok on Hillary Clinton's emails. And then that chick resigned in 2017 and she works at Wookie Far now. I'm just saying, just saying. So this is how it goes. This is how it is. And Wookie Far, you know, you need to do better homework and you need to protect yourself. Uh, because as a law firm, this is pretty sloppy. And I know you probably thought, this person, small time, this, man, you have no idea. You know, you may have seen really, really good, good, solid investigative journalists that actually do this on a public-facing front, but there's a lot of us out there that just recently went public and have been doing this incognito, like Project Veritas style, for a very, very long time and are way, way better at this than you are. So, just when you come after them, you need to be transparent. Uh, yeah, we, um, we just want closure. No, you don't. You want information. And that's the bottom line, guys. You know, they want information. That's all. So that is exactly what's happening. They want information because they're going down. The people of the DNC are like, oh, my God, what if someone at the FBI has a copy of the image server? Huh. CrowdStrike is going down. They're gonna, there's people going to be going to jail because CrowdStrike, huh, right? Platte River, that's another company that they sourced out. I know everything. <laughs> so, Wilkie Farr, if you want to sit down and talk, I could tell you what you need to do to defend yourself from having to pay millions and millions of dollars out to all those journalists. And I'll also take a piece because you did bother me for a while and you came at a time of serious stress. You know, when you get, when you have to pay them for using civil litigation to gain information to help clients that are under criminal investigations, right? And one of them actually works for you. Just saying. So let's be straight. So I know you're listening because you're sending me my tweets. So you're obviously listening. So hopefully you can use this too, right? You can use this and not bother me again because, uh, you know, it's a lot of stress for me. 
<laughs> Matt Couch has a bigger claim. So does everybody else on that list, bigger claim. You know, that's the way it goes. So bottom line is, guys, Seth Rich, not about emails. It's all about what was on that server. The reason that they did not want, uh, you know, this to be talked about had nothing to do, again, I say it again, with emails. It's about what was on the server. This is why the FBI didn't have it, because if they had it, they would have evidence of crimes. So these were imaged. The president already has that. Good people already have that. And remember, in my huddle, there were tons of people that already had that. So, you know, I already sent it off. Did they get it? Was it intercepted? I don't know. But considering Awan, you know, being on lockdown and no one knowing about these criminal investigations, you know, grand jury, you can't, you can't pull a McCabe, can you, Wilkie? You can't. Because McCabe was like, oh, I want to know this. Yeah, come on, man. That's like, seriously, so lame. You know, give me information on a grand jury. It's under seal. You can't do that. Do you know how many there are across the nation right now? Tons. So that's the way it goes. So bottom line, lots of people from the DNC are going to be in a lot of trouble. And for some reason, they have these big law firms throwing out civil litigation so they could collect and say, well, maybe they know about this. So maybe you should prepare yourself that. Get witnesses for that. Maybe suicide someone so we could say they did it and, you know, now they're suicided so they can't talk about it. You know, that's what they do. This is how they mitigate. Why was Schiff so crazy? Mitigation. They want to know what you have so they can defend themselves against what you have. That is what they do. So in the end, I'm just telling you, all these people that they have been harassing with civil litigation for over two years will get a nice and pretty payout. And they deserve it. Because that kind of behavior... It should, first of all, strip them from the bar, for sure, right? No bar practicing. But on the other hand, they should, they should face some serious criminal charges because, you know, they're trying to mitigate for, you know, sealed indictments that are currently out there. Now, after this break, we're going to start getting into this impeachment conversation and kind of throwing in a few little tidbits so you can see where it's going come the new year. We need that resolution to pop real quick. Um, and commentary. So we can understand what people in D.C. are saying, Senate, Congress, etc., surrounding Pelosi, who, by the way, has pulled her forehead so back, she looks crazy. Have you seen the new nip and, it's not even a nip and tuck, it's like a pull. Her eyebrows are in her hairline right now. I'll see you guys. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in this hour, I want to give you guys a little bit of um, insight. Uh, we're going to kind of look at the commentary from various individuals where they're talking about what Pelosi's doing, 
impeachment articles, withholding them, obviously, because she doesn't want to send them because they'll fail. Apparently, I don't trust the Senate as far as I can throw them. I mean, Lindsey Graham already said he won't dismiss. And if I was the Senate, I would have been like, listen, man, you haven't sent them. So he's not impeached. So there's nothing going on. And we're just going to dismiss it because it seems and it smells funny. Um, but I want you guys, aside from the fact to see how Pelosi looks insanely tight, have you noticed that? Like her face looks tighter than I've ever seen it before. I, I, you know, I wouldn't imagine that at a time like this where her gavel's being threatened, her son is, you know, under criminal investigation for his wrongdoings, which I broke to you months ago in the Ukraine, uh, and then some. They're, um, you know, money laundering through assets. Uh, they're, um, you know, their money issues, which, by the way, that's the thing. I want to know why the SEC hasn't investigated certain senators and congresspersons that I sent out a request. Because I know for a fact one senator and one person in the House, namely Pelosi, have been hiding their assets from what other information is being provided. So when they do self-declarations, they're not honest. So that totally disqualifies them from being in a seat. They can't hold a seat in the Senate nor in the House if they are obfuscating assets, right? If they are not showing their money, they're supposed to honestly every year report what stocks they have, how much money they have, right? So when you're worth $50 million and your stuff doesn't look like it's worth $50 million on paper, you kind of question it and cock your head and you're like, wait a minute, Nancy Pelosi has, you know, she's the largest shareholder of Visa that is not an institution. And yet, you know, her statements don't demonstrate that. So why isn't anyone doing their job? Why aren't they looking at them over there? I mean, they want Trump's taxes uh, from before he was president, but for some reason, they, as public servants, have been lying on paper and obfuscating their assets. I mean, that's just one thing I would like to know. I've sent those requests. I've sent information that actually substantiates my query. Why isn't anyone doing it? Or are they? <laughs> just saying. Because she's gotten really crazy looking lately. Uh, her eyebrows are almost her hairline. Like, her eye socket is like at least three inches below her eyebrow. Um, she's stretched herself out. She can't think. She can't speak. It's just, it's the most bizarre thing I've seen. And But, like I said, I can con completely relate to it in the fact of, you know, you know, when you're under stress that you get confused because I actually experience it. And it takes a lot to stress me out and freak me out, right? It takes, a, and obviously what, what I've undergone is massive. But, uh, you know, and I'm not even ready to talk about it. But, I feel that. Imagine what she feels when she's been safe for all these years and thought she had it in the back. But it makes you wonder. The Democrats, the, the, the shadow government, because there's, you know, um, Republicans too. But globally, globally we're seeing this. They're all in panic. Merkel, Macron, you know, lady like Trudeau. They're all in panic. And you have to think, well... If they're all working together, how is President Trump making them panic? It's because they don't answer to themselves. They pr 
probably answer to someone higher, and it's not George Soros. George Soros is simply the guy that they make sure gets the money and funds what needs to happen. But who is on top of them? Those nameless people that make laws, those nameless people that pull strings, those nameless and faceless people that you don't know, I mean people, I guess, that is what you have to think about. Who are they worried about? Why are they so scared? They're scared of going to jail? Most of them have one foot in the grave. I mean, Pelosi's got a foot and a half in the grave. Nadler's got a foot and a half in the grave. They're all like over, 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 super over the hill. Bernie Sanders, over the hill. I'm just saying, not trying to be mean, right? But even if they went to jail, they'd be done in like 10 years anyway. So is it that? I mean, they had a whole life of just doing, what is it that makes them panic? You have to think about that. And while you think about that, listen to Chuck Schumer and how he thinks it's fair to shift the burden to the accused. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're accusing someone of a crime, right? So the person accused has to defend themselves and show proof that they're not doing it. And they don't need to offer proof that they're doing it. That's not how it works. If I arrest you for drug dealing, I better have the drugs, have video, have something that you took those drugs, you have those drugs, and you had the intent to give it, or I saw you selling it. I can't say, you know what? Joe sells drugs. Lock him up. And then we go to court, and I'm like, Joe is selling drugs. And Joe's like, did you see me sell drugs? No, I didn't, but I know you are. Did you see me uh, you know, with possession of drugs? No, but I know you are. Prove to me that you're not a drug. How do you prove it? That's what they're saying. Listen, he literally said this. Oops, you can't listen because I didn't put it. There we go. Keeping up the pressure on the terms of an impeachment trial in the Senate, renewing his demands for additional documents and witnesses to be included in the proceedings. The Senate Minority Leader sort of calling the president out, saying if he did nothing wrong, he should release the emails and let witnesses testify under oath. Guy Lewis is a former U.S. attorney who served with William Barr at the DOJ under the George H.W. Bush administration. Nice to see you, sir. We appreciate it. This feels like the good old, you know, if you didn't do it and you're innocent, you might as well give up all your rights argument. You know, it's interesting, Leland. I would put it back to Senator Schumer. Do you think it's fair to shift the burden to the accused. I mean, look, it. I know this is, this is political, this is not a criminal trial, but I prosecuted a lot of cases. Can you imagine if I charged you, Leland, and then said, hey, listen, why don't you bring the evidence in? Why don't you bring the witnesses? Why don't you bring the documents and you can prove your innocence? I just, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fundamentally you, what you may, you uh, may the Americans... Great point about whether this is a political process or a criminal process and sort of which rules of the road apply. Kimberly Strassel writing more on the lines of it being a political and court of a public opinion process. How long will this charade go on? As long as Democrats can get away with it, given their impeachment irregularities to date, it's not hard to imagine Mrs. Pelosi sitting on her impeachment articles through next fall's election campaign. That would deny Mr. Trump the ability to say he'd been acquitted, even as it assured a constant stream of negative, ever-evolving impeachment coverage. So the question to you is, does Nancy Pelosi sort of have the president on this? There's no legal way for him or, I guess, Mitch McConnell to force a trial, right? You ask a great question. I don't think there is a legal way to force 
senator, uh, the senators to try the case. However, I, I think the president, frankly, ought to take an aggressive approach here. If they don't move forward, file some kind of motion to dismiss, a motion to compel. Look, Schiff was a... Forgive, like forgive, me, was forgive a, me real quickly. I've never known this president not to be aggressive. Uh, I, think, you know, <laughs> I, I think reasonable people on both sides can agree on that point. But your, your point's an interesting one. Where do you file this? You, you, know, you file it with the Supreme Court? You file, they're going to order the, another branch of government to do something? You try to file it with the Senate? I'm, I'm, un, I'm unsure how that would work. I, I'd file it both with the Senate and with the United States Supreme Court. We know that if the matter did go to trial, that the Chief Justice would be presiding per the Constitution. So I would argue that he, as the judge in the matter, has jurisdiction. And just like, again, if I was a federal prosecutor, had the investigating grand jury hold the indictment, I didn't return it to the judge like I'm supposed to, I would go in front of the, the defense, would certainly go in front of the court and say, dismiss this. It's hmm. a nullity. Okay. Well, the, the, so there is precedent from the criminal side versus from the political side. There's now this debate about whether or not the president is actually impeached if the articles haven't turned over. One of the Democrats' witnesses, a professor from Harvard, say until the articles are transmitted to the Senate, he actually isn't impeached. And now we have Jonathan Turley, who was on the other side of this in the House Judiciary Committee. He wrote, I testified against Trump's impeachment, but let's not pretend it didn't happen constitutional reality doesn't rest on the House sending the articles over to the Senate. He continues, Congressional Democrats' current posture may be too cute by half and is perhaps politically ill-advised, but any argument that they have entered a legal limbo by stalling the delivery of the articles to the Senate falls flat. The framers set a two-thirds requirement for conviction because it knew that some impeachments might be pure political exercises. It's a different standard for a distinct stage of this constitutional process. If I'm reading between the lines, right, he's saying that your idea of trying to file a motion to dismiss doesn't really hold a lot of water. Well, I agree with the professor that the impeachment proceeding, the impeachment document is valid, though it's not been delivered to the Senate to proceed forward with a trial. I agree with that part. But I sort of disagree with those who think that they're just trying to posture to get some uh, an additional witness or an additional document. Frankly, I think that, again, Schiff was a former AUSA, a federal well, prosecutor. So you, di like you disagree that that's what Democrats are trying to do, or you just don't think the tactic is the right thing or the way the framers envisioned it? Good question. I think that the Democrats are looking for additional evidence. They know, they know, Leland, that this document, that this charge is dead on arrival when it gets to the Senate. So what do you do as a federal prosecutor? You continue to gather evidence. You wait for the president's tax returns. You look for McGahn's testimony when it, uh, if and when it becomes available. You try to build your so case. So we heard about this, this possible push by the committees to have McGahn testify. Conceivably, if executive privilege was overruled by the courts, that would have at least the opportunity for Mick Mulvaney and John Bolton to testify. It would be part of either of those cases. How long does something like that take to work its way through the courts? See, that's, that's where the problem comes in for the Democrats. And, and maybe this is part of their strategy, as, as you reported just a moment ago. It's going to take a while. It's going to take months and months. Yes, you can ask that it be expedited, 
But even on a fast track, Leland, hmm. it's going to take uh, this summer. Wow. But maybe, maybe that's what the, the strategy is, just to leave uh, this thing hanging out there. That, Okay, so now Tori's going to tell you today, and we'll revisit this in October, that they're going to delay this, hoping that there could be a trial right before the elections of 2020. And that is how they're going to put it forward, only to be able to taint him. But in the meantime, starting January 2nd, 2020, one, two, 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 zero, twelve, twenty. One, two, two, zero. There will be arrests. There will be a takedown. And right now, he's not really impeached. But they're only wanting people to say, he's been impeached. Done. Um, actually, uh, you've voted to get him impeached. There's been no trial to actually impeach him. Uh, so I'm not a lawyer. But again, yes, the president can file to move it along. I would just sit on it and just go about my day and be like, yeah, I'm totally impeached. That's why they haven't sent things to go to trial because they got nothing because they're waiting to get more. Like you said, if I was a prosecutor and it was going to be dead on arrival, I would be waiting for things. I would be getting the tax returns. Yeah. So let's start looking at bears. Let's start looking at slush funds. Let's, 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 let's. The more they drag and buy themselves time... So they think it'll have maximum impact if it happens in October because they'll come out with outrageous things and people are going to be like, yeah, so no one's listening to you because your candidate sucks. So he's the only one that's viable. So you have nothing. You can prop up fake Hanish. She's totally unlikable. Nobody likes her. Look at how awkward she is when she pops a beer. She's just so weird. She is the weirdest person ever. You've got nothing. The only hope they had was Andrew Yang, and they're burying him because they know the Chinese will come down with full force, and they will lose the control that they have, right? That's the only fear that they have, is that Yang is not 100% controllable. They don't have a lot of insurance on the guy. I mean, they have some stuff in regards to those education things. You know, we did have, you know, the college stuff that happened, I'm just saying, but there's not a lot of insurance, okay? Everybody else is very insured, <laughs> So now that everything is falling apart, now that they're buying themselves time, they're hoping that they will spin this in some way in October. So here is how it comes out. What I saw is that they will come back in October, and that is when they're going to demand a trial end of September. They're going to send the articles of impeachment with new stuff, whatever they manufacture, because they are really, really working hard. I mean, darn, you would think that Five Eyes now has been banked into submission. Nope, nope, nope. All of them are working really, really hard. And this is why we have IG Horowitz and IG Storch under investigation. You know, they're under investigation now. So this is how it has to be. And the good guys are few, but the people that back them are many. So that is where they have to be careful. Even though they're bigger in numbers in regards to garnering information and attacking anyone that speaks, they have to be very, very careful because even, uh, you know, some unknown person that, you know, makes YouTube videos, right, has more people that back them than they do, that really back them, that would say, I've got two, you know, articles of underwear. You can have one. No one will do that for Pelosi. 
No one backs Pelosi. No citizen backs Pelosi. But there's 20,000 citizens backing one guy doing some YouTube videos. And if he didn't have underwear, there would be 20,000 people offering him underwear. Where's her underwear? She gets nothing. Because when their pants are pulled down, they're pulled down. They're done now. And that's the problem. We just have to wait it out. And I know everyone's like, oh my gosh, we need to get this over with. People need, they're going to start going to jail. Things are already happening, you guys. That's the way it is. It's already happening. You're just not seeing it the way you want to see it, the way I want to see it, too. I want to see that scene where Cersei is being walking down and people are ringing bells and screaming, shame, shame. I totally want that. <laughs> that would just be so awesome. And cut their hair, right? So it looks like them and butt naked while they walk and people throw mud. No, I wouldn't demean someone like that. No, you know, maybe I would. No, I wouldn't. Um, so... That is where we're at. And right now we have a lot of commentary coming from a lot of people about, you know, how they're working, how they're doing things. And, you know, the Democrats are crying about being fair and, oh, it's not fair. So they bring this former federal prosecutor, Francie Hanks, who talks about fairness. Welcome Listen. back. The impeachment inquiry reaching a boiling point after a GOP senator called out Mitch McConnell's loyalty to the White House. But the Washington Examiner's new op-ed says it's all just another Democratic talking point. Here to weigh in, former federal prosecutor Francie Hayes. Thanks so much for being here, Francie. Let's set it up here uh, to start. Mitch McConnell said, quote, uh, he would work in total coordination with the House and that he is not impartial about this at all. GOP senator from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski, said she was, quote, disturbed when she heard his comments. With that as the backdrop, Byron York issued the following op-ed. Here's the title, or here's a line from it. No, the Senate is not a jury and other misconceptions about impeachment. So, Francie, do you agree with Byron York's assessment? I do, Todd. I think Byron is exactly right here. This is, at best, a quasi-legal proceeding. After all, the big news in history, it'll go down in the history books, that President Trump was impeached. And so people call that indictment. I think we try to equate that to our legal system. But really, that is the most significant point that happened, and it'll be an historic note on his record. So it's not like an indictment, which is generally handed down by a grand jury in secret. There was nothing about this process that uh, that represented the full and fair fundamental due process that we expect under the Constitution. So no, this is purely political. I think that uh, GOP leader McConnell is, of course, coordinating with the White House. He's in the same political party. It's not a surprise. All right, Congressman Gregory Meeks, he's from New York. He was on CNN recently, and he said this about Lisa Murkowski. Take a listen. She has concern that he's going to work hand in hand with the White House, he's going to do is to orchestrate the trial with what the White House wants, not taking the oath of office that they will have to take. Yeah, you know, during the impeachment inquiry in the House, Republicans were complaining that the process wasn't fair. And now that it's going to move over to the Senate eventually, you hear Mitch McConnell say that he is going to work hand in hand with the White House. So do Democrats have a point in uh, complaining about the same thing, an unfair process? 
Well, I don't think so, Carly, and I wonder where Senator Murkowski was when Adam Schiff was conducting most of the proceedings in secret, and where are her calls for him to release that final transcript of the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community, which reportedly contains things favorable to the president and unfavorable to the so-called whistleblower. I, I think the Democrats are crying foul uh, when their own process was shockingly bereft of due process. So the president had no presence in the Intelligence Committee hearings. He had no representation by a lawyer. Uh, there was almost no cross-examination. Republicans weren't allowed to call the witnesses that they thought might be relevant to the process. So it does seem uh, very hypocritical at this point to me for the Democrats to be crying about fairness. And it'll be interesting to see if this is what Lisa Murkowski says. It's be interesting to see what Susan Collins of Maine says, because oftentimes when there's a slight feeling that there could be a little bit of a break with the party. It's oftentimes Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski leading the charge. Now let's switch gears entirely. Pete Buttigieg running for president in 2020 saying there should be no jail time for drug possession, including meth and cocaine. He also has an immigration plan that would decriminalize deportations. A lot of things that would fall under the ambit of deportations. He's considered one of the most. Okay, well, we don't want to talk about, you know, candidate butt plug. He wants everyone to be high and crazy because it's easier to control crazy people um, because they just want their fix. But it, what what we need to know that it is a hypocritical that they want to be fair and they're not. They're buying time and you have to think of the most nefarious reasons as to why they're buying time. Now, I want to play a clip uh, from there's two more clips that I want to um, have you guys listen to that are important to listen to only because they give some context into um, her strategy. Uh, Gomert went on about it. We'll, we'll, I'll play that clip first. Take a listen. Nancy Pelosi is doing it. Some of the arguments are that there's chaos. I don't think, in fact, it's possible that this was the point all along that they knew they would lose control of this sure. going, to that, going to the Senate. They had no intention of caring about the nature of what the Constitution required. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened in the first place. Yes, I mean, to claim that we have to rush through this with almost no evidence, no direct witnesses of anything, uh, because the president is a risk to national security, a threat to the republic is now belied by her stopping the process and hanging on to the articles. I, I do think she had a couple of things in mind. First of all, she wanted... Uh, the articles before the first of the year to damage the president in an election year. I think that'll backfire. And second of all, I think she wants to influence um, the Senate trial, even though under Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution, she has no power or authority over it whatsoever. She's actually trying to engage in a quid pro quo. I'll send the articles to you only if I approve of the process that you design She's doing exactly what she's falsely accusing yeah. the president of in a quid pro quo. Yeah. I, obviously, as I noted, Congressman, no shame. They know. Nope. I think what they've underestimated here is the American people's reaction to this. It is a sham, it is, but it's more than a fraud. They're doing things that deliberately damage uh, the, the republic. To say this about the president of the United States, when monumental things are happening uh, around the world and his foreign policy is affected because of the way he might be viewed, and yet you are in a position where this need to rush because of the urgency affected the ability of some of the things you were able to accomplish. Well, like not house. having real fact witnesses. And uh, we, I made a request, and 
Doug Collins had a long list that we had talked about of fact witnesses. And we were told, we don't have time for that. Well, the rules, they're in the majority. They could change the rules. They didn't. The rules were uh, allow for a minority witness day. But we couldn't even have the minority witness day because time was of the essence. We had to move on. We had to get this to the Senate. I don't think she had thought this through as well as, as some people think. She really didn't want to get to this point nine months ago, and now she's been pushed into it. You know, Greg, some are saying that, in fact, she will fold. I think, in, of course, she might. She would have to, because what yes. she's doing is effectively unconstitutional. But is it perhaps also, because they've been looking at uh, uh, focus groups and polling through this, like which word to use to accuse him of, wouldn't it, are they perhaps just waiting to see if any of this is still affecting people? I think it is likely. I think we're seeing the numbers opposing impeachment going up. I think she's hoping that it will affect people, even though I think the longer she holds on to the articles, the less likely that is, and there'll be a bigger boomerang effect. The other thing is, I, I, I frankly think she just kind of hopes that some magical evidence will drop out well, of the yes. sky yes. Uh, like witches in a witch hunt, yes. which don't really exist. Or, in fact, what we saw, what started this, maybe another phone call from another anonymous whistleblower, yes. which would require more investigation. Uh, it, it is, it's a waste of money, certainly, but the overall dynamic, Congressman, uh, is one that tells the people of this country that we've got a Congress uh, that is uh, you know, not doing its own job, is trying to still undo or stop a duly elected president. And ironically, of course, that's why Trump's president, because we knew something was wrong with Congress and the swamp. So we were putting him in there to clean this up. In a way, it's inevitable that this is occurring because we were correct in 2016. Exactly. And, and the Trump derangement syndrome has caused so many that were part of the deep state that we really didn't have identified to pop their heads up and go, yes, oh, exactly. here we go. And I think uh, in the days ahead, we'll be able to eliminate those so that President Trump will have more cooperation within his own administration. Now, Pelosi, uh, Greg, is arguing that uh, Mitch McConnell has made it clear he's not going to be fair. Suddenly, <laughs> they, they want all those things that, well, they know, they know that they weren't being fair. Now they're afraid, right. like most you know, leftists and those who project do, are afraid of the same thing happening. They want fairness. They, they want witnesses. They, they want all those same things. At, but at the same time, this is clearly a political uh, action. That's what impeachment is. Sure. Uh, McConnell has absolutely no obligation to even look at this sham that has been provided to them as even serious. That's one of my concerns is this argument that, and I think they're relying on the process, that the process would make them seem legitimate, whereas, in fact, McConnell has every right to be serious about how he looks at this, of course. and if he's, he's, for crying out loud, he's a member of the same party. Yeah, isn't it ironic, if not hypocritical, of Nancy? Okay, so this is really bad commentary. Let me tell you, if, if I was in the Senate, what I would be doing. I'd say, all right, I'm waiting for your article of impeachment. Here's the list of people I am going to call to testify, and I will demand to have documents, papers, and communications. Number one, the NSA director. Number two, the IG of the NSA. Uh, and Mike Atkinson. Those are the first three people that I am going to call. Now I'm waiting on your articles of impeachment, please. The minute 
someone puts that forward? Why can't they do it? It's as if they're not thinking correctly. It's as if they're letting them get away with wiretapping and using illegal methods of, you know, spying on the president, on the administration. No. This is why they don't want to send those. Because they know that there's a lot of people like me that'll say it. So I say, call them out on it. Where are you? Get on TV. Get on TV right now. You, Senator, get on TV and say, these are the people that I want to request to bring in here. Because I want to know how wiretaps happen. I want to know how Schiff had his skiff done. I want to know. Because this is it. I'm going to ask them about these piggybacks. I am going to source everything I can from my digital soldiers, American citizens, voters, constituents, and I will know the truth. The minute one of them says, here are the three people I want, NSA director, IG of the NSA, and Michael Atkinson, it's over. It's game over. They're going to turn around and say, we're not moving forward with impeachment. This was all a sham. They'll never send the articles of impeachment because they will go to jail. They have violated the law. And that's all they have to do. You know what? That's all you do. You say, all right, you want to play? All right, let's play. Here's who I'm going to call. This is who I'm going to ask to come, and I'm going to put it in to get that vote in a Republican Senate to call these people. Now, keep in mind that we've got seven Republicans that are not Republicans that are sitting in the Senate, and they are walking a very fine line. They want to know, can I get a deal for this and that and that, and you'll leave me alone, and then I'll just walk away if I just stay out of it? Because I don't want to go down with the sinking ship of the Democrats. You know they're waiting for it. And it's like, can I have the conversation? Because what if the conversation is recorded? What if it, we're all listening anyway? Remember, it's a two-way street. You listen, I listen. That's the way it goes. So, again, why aren't they just putting it out there and saying, these are the people that we're going to call forward. This is how it's going to go. This is who I want. Why don't they do it? Now, pretty interesting. Pelosi guilty of abuse of power. This is a really interesting clip. I want you to listen to it because it's pretty much what's going on. This is abuse of power. They are claiming that the president is doing exactly what they are. And that's deflection. Of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. But isn't that exactly what Nancy Pelosi is doing by refusing to send impeachment articles to the United States Senate? Democrats from the start have been saying this had to be done immediately. The Trump administration is posed to do horrible danger to our country, our, our people, and our reputation. The Trump uh, presidency poses a clear and present danger to our country and to the world. This Ukraine allegation is head and shoulders, uh, one of the most serious and urgent uh, allegations that we have seen. So the timing is really driven by the urgency. Joining me now is Tom Fitton, the President of Judicial Watch, along with John Eastman, Claremont Institute Senior Fellow and Constitutional Scholar. John, I want to start with you because you're actually the one that pointed out the wording in the resolution passed in the House. This is House Resolution number 755, and it says that Donald John Trump,
president of the United States is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors, and get this part, folks, and that the following articles of impeachment be exhibited to the United States Senate. Now, John, doesn't that mean exactly what it says? I, it, the Democrats wrote these articles. They are solely the ones that passed them, and now they're not actually abiding by them, correct? Well, that, that's right. And Nancy Pelosi seems to think that uh, because if she were to have another vote that says don't send them over to the Senate, she would probably get a majority on that as well, that we don't actually have to have that vote. We can just deem it as having been accomplished, like they tried to pull back with the Obamacare uh, legislation uh, uh, nearly a decade ago. Uh, no, the House of Representatives operates by majority vote as a body. No individual member of the House of Representatives has any power different than other members uh, even the speaker. And when they pass a resolution that says it shall be exhibited to the Senate, that's the law. Uh, there's no further action necessary. And now we're in uncharted territories, but quite frankly, if I were Senator McConnell, I would say it's exhibited to the Senate. I've read it in the congressional record. We're going to take it up next week. I, I, I don't know if they can actually do that, but I do find it interesting, Tom, that here they have a chance, and Tom's joining me on set here in Washington. They, pa they write these articles, they pass them themselves. What's your take on it? Well, they don't want to lose in the Senate. They're trying to put off the loss. Even a trial that's abbreviated or a trial that has witnesses, they're still going to lose, and they don't want that to happen. Uh, and they're obviously seeing a new opportunity. Well, maybe they can play the game through the election and have perpetual impeachment of the president. And the problem is the Constitution. And the president has civil that rights. That always gets in the way, yeah. right? That, There's the that rule of law. That's thing called the Constitution. You know, and I've always called this a coup. And, and you see elements of it with the impeachment, obviously, was based on nothing. So abusing their rules, the powers they have under the Constitution to impeach the president by impeaching him for nothing. And now they're trying to overthrow the Senate. And uh, they want to do a, uh, if they don't get their, their uh, Kavanaugh-type hearings against the president, they're trying to blow up the legislative branch as well. And if I were if I were Mitch McConnell, I'd say we we're going to run a trial here. Now Pelosi and the rest can participate or not, but we're going to run the trial. And frankly, to the degree there's going to be a trial, it should be of Adam Schiff and his prosecutorial misconduct. There should be no full-blown trial. Why would why would you reward the coup cabal with an abusive trial of the president? Yeah, I, John, how does the president get due process? Uh, I mean. They have been throwing allegations at him since day one. Nancy Pelosi admitted, she finally said, look, we've been working on impeachment for more than two and a half years. That says a lot. Now they're off on in a recess. How does, he, how does the president actually get due process in this case? Well, well th this is one of the very reasons that the Office of Legal Counsel has for decades under both administrations said the president can't be indicted while he's in office. Uh, because they couldn't uh, bring a trial against him and, and an indictment hanging over his head while he's in office uh, that he cannot vindicate himself against would cripple the presidency, the, uh, the office itself. Well, what Nancy Pelosi is doing here is exactly the same thing. And, what, and the parallel with the first article of impeachment, that they are using the powers of their office to try and investigate the, the head of the opposing political party who happens to be down at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, what they are doing with the impeachment itself, much less for the holding now the articles of impeachment and not sending them to the Senate, is, is an, an utmost abuse of office. It, it really is a travesty, and it just shows you how 
blindly, uh, how blind, what, how much blind hatred they have for this president, that they're willing to throw off every norm in our institutions in order to try and find some dirt on this president to get him out of office. Yeah. Now, Tom, uh, what's interesting to me, going back again to that co pesky, you know, constitutional question. I think I saw Donald Trump Jr. post this up. What Nancy Pelosi is really wanting is a quid pro quo. I'll send this over if you do this, <laughs> which is kind of ironic in, in the whole thing. But the Constitution says that the Senate has the sole power, just as if as the House had sole power to move forward articles of impeachment, the Senate has the sole power. That's a problem for Nancy Pelosi, isn't it? It is, and that's why she's trying to leverage the timing of delivery of the impeachment articles you know, there's nothing in the Constitution about the House delivering articles of impeachment. You know, they impeach them, and then the Senate takes up the trial. Uh, and if I were Mitch McConnell, I would just acknowledge the reality and take the president out of this constitutional limbo. Remember, the president is being victimized here. Uh, he's, he needs to do his job. He's tweeted that it makes it more difficult for him to talk with foreign leaders. And we don't want the Congress, in a tyrannical fashion, blowing up the Constitution just for political purposes. You know, and I, and I half-jokingly say this, but, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell famously, and correctly in my view, put off the uh, confirmation of Merrick Garland during an election year. And I think the Senate should think about putting off any impeachment trial of the president or summarily dismissing it because we're not doing it in an election year. Now, that's, that would be an interesting take on it. Now, uh, John, uh, real quickly, we've only got a few seconds left, but there is some talk that the Democrats would actually delay this until after the election and then want to bring up these same articles again in between that time of the election in November and when a new president or the re-election of Donald Trump happens. Is that, can they do that? So, so the, the right to have counsel president at your hearings, the right to confront witnesses against you, and now we'll throw in the double jeopardy clause uh, in our, in our, in our uh, uh, Sherman-esque blow through the constitutional norms of, of uh, criminal procedure. Look, it's not just the pres this president uh, who, is, who is being victimized here. It's the office of the president itself that is being undermined. Uh, and, and it's a great detriment on our, on our ability to conduct government, both home and abroad. Well, uh, look, and, the, and the, the, but the Democrats have demonstrated in full force that they're really not interested in getting much done. I'll give you the last uh, 20 seconds here. Where, what do you think is going to happen when they actually reconvene here the first week of uh, January? Well, when you see a hardcore senator, leftist senator like Blumenthal say, I'm going to get this quickly, uh, Pelosi may have over, overreached here. And I think there's going to be some type of trial where there's going to be an adjudication that will ultimately vindicate the president. Look, the only Nancy Pelosi I know, she poll tests everything and does focus groups on everything. And I think that's probably what's going on right now. I'm just guessing through experience. John Eastman and Tom Fitton. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All right. So that was pretty good commentary, right, guys? So they're telling you what their ideas are and what they should do. I've already said that, too. Mitch McConnell should be like, dude, you impeach him. You're not giving me the articles. I'm going to go ahead without them and say, we have no articles. It's done. But remember, uh, uh, at the beginning of this week, I actually played a clip where Lindsey Graham was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not up for dismissal because I want to quit the president. Yeah, you do. Sure you do, Lindsey Graham. Sure you do. Sure you do. You need to cover for Amy. And, you know, the idea that they're going to hold on to these impeachment articles for after the elections, they're not even going to be standing after the elections. So whatever remnants of uh, the Democratic Party exist, 
they will not have the power to do anything. Nothing. Now, I just wanted to say there is a lot of things that will be coming to the surface in regards to many fronts. Because right now, what is happening in our nation uh, in regards to not the, just the political sphere uh, nationally, but globally, um, is almost at capacity. Iran, again, turned off their internet. Again, shut it down. Again, uh, you know, reinforcing what they may or may not have in order to help protect themselves. We had the president tweet out yesterday that um, Russia, Syria, and Iran are causing trouble in Idlib, and Turkey will take care of it. And it's like, whoa, if I was Erdogan, I'd be scared. Because Erdogan is under fire by Cyprus, Greece, Israel, and Egypt. And he's under fire for being aggressive in the Eastern Mediterranean, and yet he's getting a pat on the back. And we know how nice our president is, because he pats his enemies on the back more than he does his friends. So, you know, his friends do not get pats on backs, you know, uh, in private, he may say, good job or thank you. But other than that, there's no serious pat on back. And so that should terrify him. But, you know, third one, like he knows. And, you know, lots of lamestream media don't know what to do with it. They should know better. But what's happening, guys? Idlib. Remember, we talked about it from November of 2018. That's the center of everything. That is the center that if one, whoever holds that center, it will indeed control the entry to the African nations. So Idlib is a powerful position because it is proximal to the massive naval and air base that Russia has in Syria. Turkey wanted to take that out. They were stymied. Now, I don't know how Iran plays a role in Idlib. That's a little bit curious. But Iran, Syria, Turkey, Egypt, Iraq, Libya, right? All of these nations have been condemning Turkey for funding terrorist groups. So you take that as you will for now because those developments are going on. We have developments on each and every front right now in the eastern Mediterranean and that uh, Middle Eastern neck uh, that Turkey accesses. And Europe is on fire. The queen, who, by the way, has been 80 for like forever. And yesterday I was speaking with a friend who was like, hey, you know, um, the queen was actually crowned in 1954. And I'm like, let me do the math. You know, so she's been crowned for over what? Wait, I just lost the math. See, this is what happens when you're confused. And I'm really. <laughs> so that's like over 60 something years. I, I, she's been 80 for like forever. Hasn't she, guys? which is pretty crazy. So this woman is totally, um, she gave a speech about her nation saying that they've been through turmoil and all this stuff. Guys, it is going down everywhere. Germany, you know, there's um, uprise. We had the Norwegian former prince commit suicide Um it's really, it is really hitting the fan right now. Um, on the 
On the breaking news this morning, uh, I noticed that uh, Fox was talking about Putin, and they were talking about President Xi, which was very interesting uh, that they actually, you know, went that way and decided that they were going to talk to the population of America and tell them, you know, this is happening, that's happening, you know, steering off a little bit from uh, the usual politics that we see uh, going back and forth. Uh, there's not been a lot of reporting on what's going on. We're only dominating the cycle with impeachment when there's so much more to talk about. Uh, talking about immigration, talking about what's going on in Russia, talking about what's going on in space. And those of you that have been with me on Red State all this time know exactly what I'm talking about. The START Agreement, nuclear weapons in the sky, and other things. So that's pretty interesting that they're not really talking about it. And I think it was a president that tweeted out um, about all that uh, just today. Um, let me um, pick that up. So another thing that people are concerned about is that China, Russia, and Iran are holding, um, you know, drills, like military drills. And they're upset about that. Uh, they're... Uh, concerned and it's like why are you concerned if china and russia are doing exercises with iran iran has been diffused i don't see why people don't get it you know north korea was a piece of cake we saw a false flag go by that right and uh you know kind of like a missile test kind of thing right which was pretty interesting um because and I put a thread out yesterday, and I hope all of you have shared it, and I will go over that because we kind of talked about Charles Schwab, but it was really weird because there was a huge institutional move uh, in Japan, and there are certain flags of buying certain funds that flag up. So friends of mine that are day traders and monitors are like, whoa, you told me if I see anything in Japan or China to flag it to you, what do you think about this? And lo and behold... Still trying to find that concrete link, though. Uh, it had to do with that missile alert. So yesterday we had a missile alert that North Korea shot a missile and it fell in the water right by Japan. Then Japan totally smacked down the fake news and said, nope, that's totally fake news. You know, that didn't happen. Uh, you know, that was a misspeak, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was like a scheduled false flag. So yesterday, I decided to put out a thread and put information so that way the supposed mainstream media of the right, which seem to always not pay attention to the little things, um, may actually pay attention. And I tagged everybody that's guilty on it. So the reason I say it is because this um, institutional transaction happened to be I, I, I clocked in some clients like Pelosi, Schiff, and Biden that are linked to this fund. So anyway, what I want you guys to understand is, is that the highest senior executive, uh, you know, officers that, are, that were within the FBI, the SESs, uh, they left under Comey. Specifically, there's one guy named David Johnson. I've talked about this before, right? Uh, he was actually the one that um, created and helped put the finishing touches on new cyber policies for Barack Hussein Obama. He resigned in December of 2016. Uh, he 
was the assistant executive um, uh, uh, def- whatever. Oh shit! I can't. Assistant executive, assistant director, or something like that, uh, for Comey. He was like one of his one of his guys. This guy also had to do with the whole counterintelligence. But for some reason, we don't see his name anywhere. So he left in December 2016. He created a new network of listening in and exchanging information between DHS, the Pentagon, and the White House. It's like a parallel network, kind of like a a circuit of their own. Now, there's a program, uh, an operation or a program called Nosy Smurf. Nosy Smurf is being able to turn on your phone wherever. Well, he worked on that, right, from a legal perspective, I would say, from a law enforcement perspective uh, with the NSA, and um, he worked on um, something bigger, uh, the Gemini, nosy Gemini. Uh, So I would call it the Gemini because it's a duplicate network. So this is how they're listening in on the president, and I hope that people understood that from my tweet. Now, this guy... Uh, who left in December 2016? Who helped put that network in place? Who was in charge of the cyber policy to make it legitish, right? He's now the vice president at Charles Schwab in San Francisco. That's where he's supposedly headed. He's in charge, and get this, Office of Foreign Assets Control and Global Sanctions. So that's pretty interesting. So he assures and monitors all offshore assets and movement of money and sanctioning people. So if Iran is sanctioned, he makes sure Iran doesn't get money. If France is sanctioned, he makes sure that France doesn't get money. Really. But here's the other thing. Part of these teams, and I've pointed out these two because they've been very, very visible in what they've been doing, is that they are in one of the biggest financial giants that there are. Charles Schwab operates in Japan now for a while. It's actually very well liked by expatriates and um, Japanese business persons. Uh, especially when you uh, travel back and forth with business, Charles Schwab is the way to go uh, in regards to continuity, ease of trades and access to liquid funds. And, you know, they like it all around. But here's the thing. We've got nosy Gemini in place, right? And I call it nosy. It's just Gemini, but it's in place. And nosy is because it's listening. Uh, But there's a lot more. There's a guy that worked with Mueller during the whole Mueller investigation, left right before the report, okay? And his name is Jeffrey Tricoli. Funny how all these clowns have the name Jeff. And if any of my listeners are Jeff, I'm sorry. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's just, maybe it just has to do with the DOJ and the swamp. But he's another SCS, which is pretty weird. He's been uh, in uh, the ranks of, suppose, the FBI for 20 years. Uh, Being an SES is no joke, right? You have to be part of that cream of the crop froth. You could be working at the FBI for 40 years and not make SES, okay? They're like above everybody. They're like that varsity group. Well, he left Mueller's team right before the report came out. 
And he used to have everything cyber in Ohio. He was based out of Cleveland. But anything cyber, Cincinnati, Columbus, you name it, he was in charge of it. And so this guy from Ohio, and that's why I even tweeted out, hey, Jim Jordan, your phone's hot, because he was in charge of everyone in Ohio, everyone, in regards to cyber activities, tapping, pen registers, you name it. So this guy, head of cyber, is now a senior vice president in cyber resiliency, which is to track and monitor, guide and move things. Now, the weird thing is, is that these people still have clearances. So I want to know why they leave the FBI and have their clearance with them. Uh, you know, they've had a clearance, so obviously you get paid more money with a clearance, right? Obviously, that's an asset to have, but your clearance should be restricted and on a need-to-know basis. It's not like Charles Schwab should have access to these things now, do they? So this is very curious, and I want to know why one of the gentlemen was spotted with Michael Atkinson recently in D.C. So why is Michael Atkinson speaking, what, they're friends? So your cyber guy from the FBI that worked on Miller's team is your friend? I'm just saying, these are all coincidences coming up. How many of these clowns have penetrated this financial organization and others to make sure that clients that pay for book deals that are coming and bringing money in from shell accounts overseas like, I don't know, the British Virgin Islands, you know, can pay for things like Obama's Netflix shows that, is there really a show though? Don't know. We'll see if it ever comes to fruition. On that note, I want to wish everyone a great weekend. God bless. And I will see you on Monday. Be patient. Lots is going on. Lots, lots, lots. And 2020 is going to be glorious. 2020 is going to be awesome. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. See you Monday. Monday.